Brothers and sisters, today is a great feast of the liturgical year of the whole church, of the whole universal church. This is a great day of the entire year, the day that every, uh, every day looks forward to and every day after it looks kind of back towards. Because of what happened on this day is such a great thing. It's such a, uh, a gigantic thing that has happened, not just in the life of Christ, but through the life of Christ for every one of us and for the entire world. With that in mind, I like to, there are many kind of images that I have of God, many different ways that I like to think about him. One of them is that God is the great storyteller, that God is the greatest storyteller of all. Not everybody is a great storyteller. I watched a movie once, and it was awful. There's been many of those. But one of them in particular was particularly awful because it was sad throughout the whole thing. And I left watching the movie very sad. That's not how you're supposed to feel, usually. In the movie, the movie was about a man that died and he, had, he left behind him a wife and a son. And the son became so depressed that he uh, fell into drugs, and the wife became so depressed that she tried to hide her depression or tried to work around it by uh, uh, watching excessively American game shows and kind of imagining herself playing them and just kind of playing this imaginary game with herself just so that she can distract herself from the, from the difficulty of the loss of her husband. And when you're watching a movie or when you're reading a book, when you're engaging in a story, Yes, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be a lot of pain with the characters that you're reading about and that you're watching, but you hope for redemption at the end. You hope for some redemptive quality. You hope that somehow these people will be vindicated and they will be justified and somehow their life will get better. This is what all of us do when we're watching a movie or reading a book. This movie did not happen. Uh, the son died of an overdose and the, and the, and the wife, unfortunately, she, um, she imagined, she used her imagination so much and just so excessively watched so many game shows that she ended up in a mental asylum and then it was the end of the movie. So, we hope, yeah, I left that sad, unfortunately. Uh, we hope, we hope, when we're reading these stories, when we interact with one another, even when we're speaking with one another, we hope that things will work out, even with uh, fictional characters. Why? Because hope, I think, is inscribed, it's written on the human heart from God. That we have this hope that things will be redeemed in the end. And so when we watch a movie, this is a pattern of it. When we read a book, this is one, pat one example of it. When we're dealing with one another, these are all examples of bad things happening to one another in characters that we read about, characters that we watch, and that we hope will uh, be vindicated in the end. The Old Testament, if the Bible ended at the Old Testament, it would end in a pretty, bad, in a pretty sad story. The, the whole story in a summary is that God created everything good, we fell, and God spent millennia trying to redeem humanity in the world, but we kept falling. And the Old Testament ends with the people of God subjected to various pagan nations. If it ended there, it would end in misery. It would end in this kind of really low note. But we get the New Testament, and in the New Testament, Jesus comes along, and before him, John the Baptist comes along. This is good news, because now God is finally speaking to his people again after centuries. People are happy. 
Now they have a new message from God through John the Baptist and thousands of the multitude and the disciples are following Christ. And thousands of the multitude are following Christ and they're watching him perform mir miracles, healing people, teaching great teachings, speaking to them, proclaiming the kingdom of God, all these things. They're now rejoicing in the work of God through Christ. And then it ends in tragedy. Jesus is betrayed by one of his own. Jesus is captured and he's judged, sentenced to death. He's scourged publicly, wears a crown of thorns, carries his cross in, an, in a, in a, in a humiliate, humiliating way, and then he dies on the cross. Imagine being one of the disciples. You're watching a movie, you're reading a book, you're seeing the story unfold in front of you. What kind of a story is that? The disciples must have thought, is that it? Everything is just leading to this? Is this going to be the story of humanity forever? Is this the, the, the book that God is writing, constantly giving us hope and then taking it away from us? But the story obviously doesn't end there, and that's what we celebrate today. Today's celebration of Easter is the story being told in its fullness that in the end, God is victorious. That in the end, darkness does not overcome the light. That in the end, evil does not overcome good. But even when it seems like evil will overcome the good, like darkness will overcome the light, like any good story, there's a major plot twist. Something completely unexpected, and that's reflected in the Gospel reading. When the disciples go to the tomb, after Mary Magdalene and the other women say that they've taken away the body of Christ from the tomb, Peter and John go, and they see that Jesus' body is not there, and they believe. And it says, for as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise from the dead. There's a plot twist to this story. Like any good story, something unimaginable comes in, and something far greater than we can even think of happens. And that is so pleasing to the mind, and it's so pleasing to the heart. That is the story of God, that God's victory happens in this very unexpected way. But there's more to the story. This is God's story of the world, God's story of salvation history. But in any story, there are characters. And each one of those characters has his own story. And that is you and I. We are characters in the story of God. That means that are different than a book or from a movie, this story is interactive. That means that if God is the author of this story, you and I are his co-authors. You and I are writing the story with him. I guess my question for you and myself is, what kind of additions are we going to make to this story? How are we going to edit it? Are we going to continue to write with the pen of God? Or are we going to find our own pen to write with and write a different kind of story because we're not satisfied with his? Because God has written our story already. And the story that he has included us in is guaranteed victory. We are already on the winning side if we follow the story that he has written. But if we pick up a different pen, if we pull out a different sheet of paper and we decide to write a different kind of story because we don't like his, because we don't want to go according to his rules. We don't want to follow the story that he has written. 
I don't think we'll end up on the winning side of that story. I think that is the way that we end up with a sad story, a story that does not have a redeeming quality. This is why, brothers and sisters, we say this every Christmas and Easter, I suppose, the Sunday Mass is so important, the Eucharist is so important, because in every celebration of the Mass, the whole story of God unfolds before our eyes, before our senses, and in our midst. This Eucharist has all the story of God captured in it, and since this story is interactive, we come and we participate in it, and we become characters, live characters of that story, where we are co-authors and we are participating in the pen that God is moving to write his eternal story. But if we decide not to, if we decide that we don't want in on this story, we should ask ourselves, how will our story end? Brothers and sisters, I'm gonna end my homily with a, an ancient homily written by one of the fathers of our church, Mar Yaqub of Saruk, Saint uh, Jacob of Saruk. This is a homily that is uh, written in the eighth century, and it was such a good homily that we have included it in our liturgy, and I'll end it with this. A blessed joyfulness moves me today, in which I repeat the words of the prophet, this is the day the Lord has made. Come, let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day which is unlike any before and which none after will resemble. This is the great feast, the boast of its kin. This is the great joy that is given today to the church. Welcome, O new day, on which the power of darkness is undone. Welcome, O day unlike any other, which destroys the power of the aged night. Welcome, O radiant day, bringing the beautiful news. Welcome, O consoler of the mournful, O, o gladdener of the sorrowful, O gatherer of the lost, O conveyor of the far, O renewer of the weary, O encourager of the, fe of the fearful, O planter of good seed in the hearing of the disciples. Welcome, O day which has no evening, O happy morning which, which twilight never saddens. Welcome, O day which death does not overcome, O rising which meets no fall. Welcome, O firstborn of days, with whose gifts both worlds are adorned. Death is brought down and life arises. Sheol is shut closed and baptism opened. The left hand is deserted and the right hand thunders. Therefore, let us all cry out and say, O death, where is your sting? Where is your victory, O Sheol? Today the guards accepted a bribe and said his disciples took him as we slept. After this, he was seen by Mary Magdalene and others. With unveiled faces, the apostles said, we know that Christ has risen from among the dead and indeed will not die again. Death has no power over him. Indeed, we have let us kiss each joy and invited to this feast. Let us embrace each other in love. Let us kiss each other in friendship. Let us give peace to one another, peace without deceit, peace without hypocrisy, peace from an undivided mind, that peace that our Savior sent to the assembly of, of, of apostles in the upper room. Peace be with you all. For peace is the undoing of old enmity, and to peace we have been called. For peace we have gathered as we do every year. May the resurrection be upon you and life in Christ. Our Lord has freed us from death and made mortals into immortals. Instead of quarrelsome, we are now peaceful. Instead of wrathful, gentle. Instead of savage, merciful. Instead of guilty, innocent. Instead of arrogant, humble. Instead of sinful, righteous. Instead of wicked, just instead of evil, good. Let us love one another with all our heart, because to this peace we have been called, my beloved. Clap your hands together.
Glorify greatly, exalt majestically, give praise spiritually to him who this day has arisen from among the dead and in his, own, and in his resurrection has raised us all. And just as he promised the thief, one of our kind, that today you will be with me in paradise, may he make us worthy to accept his heavenly revelation and share in his heavenly kingdom. Amen.